I love a good fire. I, I can sit and watch a fire for hours and hours and hours. It's just fascinating to me. And the sounds that a fire makes. You guys already know that one of my favorite things to do in the springtime is to, is to take the old Christmas tree and just toss it on a fire like this. There's like this explosion. And I'm just, I'm just amazed by it every time. Um, my heart starts to beat really fast. Um, it, it also... It also scares me every time too, because there's this moment when this, this dried up Christmas tree is just so consumed that it feels like it's out of control. It probably is out of control. Um, and the sound of it when it's at that point, I mean, it's crazy. It's just, it's just, it just sounds like this, this rush of wind, but it's fire. And every time I wonder if that's what it was like on the day of Pentecost, you know? There, there was this rush of wind and everybody heard it and they came running. And when they saw it, whatever it was that was happening, it looked like fire a tongue of fire resting on them. You know, uh, John the Baptist, he, he said to them, to those who would follow Jesus, that Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And now here they are, on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit comes and there's fire, a tongue of fire resting on each one of them. You know, um, I always love when we celebrate Confirmation Sunday on Pentecost. Maybe because with both there's, you know, just things uh, breaking loose and coming open and like, disciples are being turned loose on the world. I love our Confirmation class this year. Um, it's just three students, um, Avery and Mackenzie and Ruthie. Uh, we, we started class in the fall. And, and every year, our very first class is, we ask the question, like, what is confirmation? Like, why do we do this? It's always a good question to ask, this question, why? And it's entering into this season, uh, a year long, a, a school year of exploring our faith. What, it, what does it mean to be a part of the church? And so on day one, we start with Jeremiah 6, 16. And this is Jeremiah 6, 16. Thus says the Lord, stand at the crossroads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way lies and walk in it and find rest for your souls. And it's a great verse for, for this class because 
they're really at a crossroads. You know, kind of up to this point, for the most part, a life of faith is the parents' faith or our grandparents' faith. And now, uh, they're young adults. You're young adults. I'm really talking to you guys today or tonight. Um, you know, now it's, as we've said, you're standing in this place where you're asking these questions. You're at this crossroads, kind of. And, and the Lord says, um, look for the ancient paths. Look for this ancient way. And when you find it, you walk in it. And so it's this search for truth. It's like, what does it mean for me to have faith in God, to have faith in Christ? What does it mean for me to be Christian? Um, we have to take this step as adults. That's our own step, you know? And, and so this idea of the ancient path, it's like God who created all paths from the very beginning. That's what we're looking for. And it is that path that our parents took and our grandparents took and, and others who have, who have gone before us in the faith. And so we have lots of questions. We look at the story where, um, you know, some of John's disciples are approaching Jesus and, and Jesus says, what are you looking for? And they're like, where are you staying? Like Jesus was their focus. They wanted to know if what they had heard was true uh, if he was the one. And so they hung out with him for the day. And they were never the same. They knew they had found uh, the Messiah. They knew that Jesus was the Lord. And so um, that's our hope with confirmation. That we, that we hang out together and that we start following Jesus and we start asking all of our questions. Like there are no questions that, um, that are off the table. If we've got a question, we ask it. And we discover the way the way maybe that our parents walked, and, and so on. So Luke tells us in the, in the story in Acts chapter 2, the text that was read today. Luke, he tells us that when the day of Pentecost came, all of the disciples were together. And I just really think that that's um, an important thing for us to, to get, to not miss, that all of them were together, because that's at the heart of it. So there's an, uh, an African proverb. Um, it's, it's written in large letters on the, the wall of the Johannesburg Airport in South Africa. And it says, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Some of you may remember um, Patch Adams. Uh, he was an activist. Uh, he was a clown. Um, uh, he, he, he wrote a book, and in this book, um, I, I think he says something that, that's very relevant. His book uh, entitled House Calls, he says, throughout most of human history, a community was a tribe and later a village. Initially, community offered protection, safety, and insurance against any threats that came along. And then he talks about today. Today, in the absence of tribal communities, many people must be responsible for their own security. 
I think that our society's high level of anxiety is mainly due to this loss of belonging. So there, there's this story. Maybe you've heard it. This old guy. He kind of grew out of the habit of, of going to worship on Sundays, of being involved in the church. He lived alone um, off in this cabin. Uh, the pastor decided to pay him a visit to try to get him uh, back in church. And it was cold. It was in the middle of winter. And so the pastor knocks on the door. Um, the old man comes and opens it you know, and greets the pastor, um, invites him into the house. And um, he had a nice roaring fire uh, in the fireplace. And so they, they sat in, in two comfortable chairs by the, by the fire. And they just sat and they watched the fire. They didn't say anything. They just kind of sat there together. After a while, the, the pastor gets the, the poker and, and he gets one of the coals and he just pushes it out onto the hearth, away from the fire, something like that. Without saying a word, and they just watch as that coal just slowly cools off. And then after a little bit, the pastor gets the poker and he puts it back into the fire. And it bursts into flame. And he didn't say a word. He just got up, put his coat on, and left. And the old man got the message, and he understood. The confirmation class, um, you guys, we're, we give you a gift every year, and, and it's a necklace. I, I've actually, I've actually got mine on on my keychain. I've had it on here for years, um, and 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 it looks uh, something like this. It's a it's a metal stained glass cross. And, and on the other side of it um, are words from the prophet Isaiah, I have called you by your name, you are mine. I want to read the, the, those four verses from Isaiah chapter 43. But now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, because you are precious in my sight. 
and honored and I love you. We want you to wear this cross or put it on your keychain or just have it somewhere. And to remember that God claims you. You are beautifully and wonderfully made. And God's not ashamed of you. God wants you. God loves you. God claims you. I, I also want you to know that your family claims you too. And that your church claims you. And so you're about to stand in front of the church. And you're going to look people in the eyes. We're getting good at that, looking people just at people's eyes. And you're going to say to us, I claim you, church. I'm in this thing with you. So, my favorite quote, I'm sure you've heard me share my favorite quote. It's by Howard Thurman, a leader in the civil rights movement. He says, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do that. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. People who have fire resting on them. I also want to share with you all my favorite verse. It's also my prayer for you. It's from Jeremiah. So we start in Jeremiah chapter 6 and we'll end in Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 12. God says through the prophet Jeremiah, when you come to me, when you call upon me and pray to me, I will hear you. And listen to verse 14. When you search for me, you will find me. When you seek me with all of your heart, I will let you find me, says the Lord. And this is what I know. It's what I know from experience, and it's what I pray for you, is that when we find God, the wind starts to blow, the fire starts to burn, and the world is never the same. I'm excited that we're turning you loose on the world and that we get to be the church together. I pray God's blessing and God's fire. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.